الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وصنع عباده الذين استبعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الذين امنوا وتطمئن قلوبهم بذكر الا بذكر قال الله او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم د قران شريف الله تعالى خلق الانسان ضعيفا that insan has been created weak he is weak in many many aspects if this insan doesn't have food to eat for a period of time half the day will pass he'll manage the whole day will pass he'll still somehow maybe with some difficulty manage but 24 hours pass and he is now already in a bit of a critical state in terms of the pangs of hunger and then by the time a second day passes in that manner he won't even be able to have any energy to walk around by the third day he is almost his life is going so he is so weak that he cannot do without food for any extended period of time he cannot do without water for any extended period of time then he is so weak that if he doesn't have the ability to breathe for a very short duration of time food and drink for some little extended period to he'll carry on but to a point one day one and a half days two days too much but breathing one and a half minutes to is too much if he cannot breathe for one minute to he might be already like a fish out of water almost unable to continue with life this is how weak insan is despite all his claims of might and power and whatever else but this is the weakness of insan insan is so weak that sometimes just some concern some worry takes over his mind and it takes over his mind the result becomes that he starts withering away in terms of his physical self he doesn't have any ability to now focus to any towards anything in life there's no taste left in his food there's no sleep that's coming to him what happened did somebody hurt him with something physical did somebody poke him with a knife did somebody burn some fire onto him no this is something that came into his mind directly something that's consumed his heart something that's just overwhelmed him as a result this is the effect that is happening that is happening now to his physical self that his body is now taking the impact of it so this is how weak insan is with all his technology and all his claims to power and might and whatever else but sometimes it's just in the fraction of a moment something happens and this insan is just totally helpless he can't do anything he can't even do anything for the future also he's totally now can't walk he's paralyzed whatever the case is allah taala protect us and save us so insan is very very weak but on the, on the one hand while insan is very weak allah taala has created insan in this manner but allah taala has simultaneously provided for all the needs of this insan he needs to eat allah taala brought out the food from the earth the vegetation 
Allah Ta'ala gave this insan many types of animals that he can consume after having slaughtered it in the correct manner. Allah Ta'ala provided the water from the heavens, from the earth. And these are great, great ni'mats and bounties of Allah Ta'ala. قُلْ إِنْ أَصْبَحَ مَاؤُكُمْ غَوْرًا فَمَنْ يَأْتِيكُمْ بِمَاءٍ مَعِينٍ Allah Ta'ala asks us this question in the Quran Sharif also. That you take these things for granted, but if the skies stop raining any water, and then a person sometimes has a lot of confidence on the water that's gushing from the ground, somebody got a borehole and somewhere there's a spring, and somewhere there's, there's, there's some other source of water coming through the ground, Allah Ta'ala says, قُلْ إِنْ أَصْبَحَ مَاؤُكُمْ غَوْرًا if Allah Ta'ala causes His water to sink deep down in the earth, it doesn't come up to the surface. Is there anybody that can bring it out? Who will be able to bring it out? Nobody. So this insan has these needs, but Allah Ta'ala has provided those needs also. He has to breathe. We said one minute, one and a half minutes, it's end of life. So Allah Ta'ala said, okay, the A, you take it for free. And you don't have to go anywhere to get the stock of oxygen as well. You won't even be conscious of it that you are taking it in. Because you need, Allah Ta'ala made it such, that he can eat, uh, he can go without food for the whole day maybe, but he can't go without that oxygen for one minute. So Allah Ta'ala said, take it for free, and don't, you don't have to make any effort to go and co- collect it from anywhere. From any well, from any borehole, from anywhere else, unlike water, unlike food, you'll come for wherever you are. So this physical self is very weak, but Allah Ta'ala provided for it for all its needs. More important than this physical self is the ruh of insan, his soul. This physical self, this is a vehicle in dunya that is transporting this ruh, the soul. The day will come when this physical self will be buried. The time comes, that everybody now is only concerned that this person that we had so much of attachment to, so much of love for, so much of care we took of him, but now everybody's concern becomes as soon as possible he must be buried. Why? Because his rue has left. He's no more around now. He's gone. He's gone, it's only his body here. His name is gone with him. His rue went away, the name went away with the rue. They refer to that body now as the janaza. Nobody says so and so is lying there. The janaza is there. So this body is the secondary thing. This body has its needs. And Allah Ta'ala made all these intizam and all these arrangements for this insan to have these needs fulfilled. In this very amazing system of Allah Ta'ala. This marvelous creation of Allah Ta'ala and how Allah Ta'ala provided all these needs that one morsel of food that he eats there's the effort of not hundreds, sometimes thousands of people behind that one morsel of food. From the time that it was, that grain was planted into the ground, and even before that, whatever effort went into making those instruments that ploughed that land, and then whatever, whoever went behind that whole system of bringing all that, whatever fertilizer and other requirements to put into that land, and then those who tended to that crop, and those who harvested it, and those who then packed it, and those who transported it, and those who then handled it in all the various processes, and then that is only what is insan did. 
but before all that, one has to consider that what Allah Ta'ala provided, the rain from the skies, that ground which had that nutrients in it to enable it to grow, and then the sun that shone upon it, and then the moonlight that brought about that various aspects that come into that fruit, that sweetness, etc. All this who did? And for who Allah Ta'ala did all this? For this insan. And now when there one one morsel of food, in that might be one piece of some grain, one some grains of rice, which came from one part of the world. Might have come from Thailand, or it might have come from wherever, some other part of the world. And there might be some piece of uh, meat in there, that animal might have been grown in some other part of the world, and was transported somewhere, and slotted somewhere. And then there might be some other particles of food there, some spices which came from some other part of the world. In that one morsel of food, Allah Ta'ala has gathered the world for him. Allah Ta'ala made all this intizam for this insan, for his physical self. Allah Ta'ala made this body for him, Allah Ta'ala created the stomach also. So Allah Ta'ala provided the means to fill that, feed the stomach and to nourish this body. But after all this is said and done, this is still the vehicle. He's not the driver. So there's so much of arrangements for the vehicle. If a person keeps shining that car and he keeps polishing those tires and he keeps making sure that engine is shining, but the person who has to be driving it, he's starving him. That person is getting weaker and weaker. As you said, one day, one and a half days, he can't even then stand. So now he says, now for the next five days, we're going to be busy just shining this car and making it in better than new condition. But all our time and energy and resources and all the money, is all going to be spent on this car. We don't even have any money left to buy food for the driver. So the driver now, for the next five days, he must just starve. When he's ready to drive, when he's ready to send the car, he must drive and go. Before the car can be driven, the driver will, will be gone. Now the car is the secondary thing. The driver is the main person. So if so much of effort is gone onto the physical self, obviously when so much of arrangements Allah Ta'ala has provided for this physical self, the ruh is the original thing. So obviously there will be greater arrangements for the ruh. Just as this physical self requires its nourishment, this ruh also requires its nourishment. For the physical self, Allah Ta'ala provided the food of the earth. For this ruh, what is the nourishment? The nourishment of the ruh Allah Ta'ala has provided is The remembrance of Allah Ta'ala in the very comprehensive meaning of zikr and remembrance. This is the food for the ruh. This is the soul. And if this ruh doesn't get its nourishment, then just as this body would become totally restless without its food, this ruh becomes totally restless without its food also, without its nourishment as well. The tragedy is that it's like a person who has lost something, but he doesn't know what he has lost. All he knows is that something very valuable has been lost. Now somebody, number one, he's lost something, but he doesn't know what he's lost. And then the bigger tragedy is, again, then he doesn't know where to look for it. So now he's lost something extremely valuable, but he's just aimlessly going around, 
looking for something, he doesn't know what he's looking for. And he doesn't know where to look for it. Now, what will be the outcome of this person? He'll just be coming, keep becoming more restless. Likewise, the ruh, it has its need. It has its need for its nourishment. But if his nourishment is not given to it, then he's going to be restless. Now, every other person is looking for that food and that nourishment for the ruh. But number one, he doesn't realize that that is what he's looking for. He's looking for something. He's looking for something that will console him, that will give him peace, that will give him happiness, that will give him contentment. But he doesn't really realize that what he's looking for. He's looking for an outcome. But what is it that's going to bring that outcome? That he's not aware of. What he's actually looking for is the nourishment of the ruh. But he's not aware of that. He's thinking, no, it's to be found somewhere in some material thing. And he doesn't know where to look for it, so therefore he's looking for it around himself, in all material things, in all leisures and pleasures, in all kinds of entertainment, in all kinds of things that are haram. He's looking for something, but he doesn't know where to find it. He's not even sure what he's looking for. So as a result, his life keeps ticking away, and finally life has come to an end. And he's gone empty-handed. So a person's, that nourishment of his ruh is what he's looking for. And that Allah Ta'ala has kept only in one place. A person who's familiar with the Arabic language, the ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah bizikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. First Allah Ta'ala says Allah. The word Allah, this is something to, like an alert. It's something to bring a person's full attention. So in Arabic these are words used, Allah, Ama, take full note, بِذِكْرِ Actually the way in which normally this would have been expressed by somebody, That the hearts gain their peace with the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. But how does the Quran Sharif express it? How does Allah Ta'ala reveal it in the Quran Sharif? Allah first bizikrillah. Bizikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. Now this is something part of balagat in Arabic among the various sciences of Arabic and so on. The way in which this is expressed, it gives a specific meaning. Taqdeemu ma haqqahu at-ta'akhir. Fidul hasr. It gives a specific meaning. The meaning is, if we just say, with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, the hearts get peace. This is still an incomplete translation. The construction of the sentence, the meaning it gives is of only in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. This word only, if this is left out, it's still an incomplete translation. Because this is part of the meaning that comes out of this ayat. The meaning of hasr. Only in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala do the hearts get peace. Otherwise, if it was that the hearts get peace in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, it could mean, okay, in this too, maybe there's something else also. But there's nothing else. It's only this. Now, when a person's heart is connected to Allah Ta'ala, that is the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. And how will it be connected to Allah Ta'ala? The primary connection is the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. And a person is in that direction, then automatically the heart is in its right direction, it's already now in the 
in a situation of peace, it will start gaining greater peace as it goes closer to that direction. And if it's in the opposite direction, says once he was traveling by train, he was going somewhere, and some person happened to be also sitting alongside, stranger, so as they're traveling now, they got talking to each other, and in the course of the discussion, so where are you headed to? Uh, for example, somebody is going now, he's going to Johannesburg by train now, so but now Johannesburg, he might not be necessarily going to Johannesburg itself, there might be some place 50 kilometers away, 100 kilometers away, he's going to somewhere else, he's going to visit somebody, he's going to his family, so you get to talk about it, who, where you are going, who you are going to visit, he said, where are you going? He said, I am going to Johannesburg. So, Thandar asked him that, where are you going? So, now this train is going to Johannesburg. He is saying, for example, now we take it as an example. So, he saying Johannesburg. He saying, I am going to Mpongeni. So, he says, but Johannesburg, you going, we going one direction. You want to go into the opposite direction. How? Now, this person, suddenly it struck him, what happened? He boarded the wrong train. Uh, he was supposed to go in a different direction. And he boarded the wrong train. And up to now he didn't realize it. Now when this reality dawned upon him, up to this point in time, he was quite comfortable, quite relaxed, enjoying the conversation. And maybe, Allah knows best, there might have been some good scenery outside, some fields and some orchards and gardens and so on. He might have been enjoying all that as well. Maybe he had some good food to eat. He might have been enjoying that too. Now suddenly when this reality dawned upon him that he is heading in the wrong direction. It says that his whole composure changed. You could just see this person's color of his face changed. And he now started becoming physically sick. What not might have been going through his mind. Maybe there was somebody already waiting for him at that destination where he's supposed to have been going to. He's already gone far off in the opposite direction. There might have been some important meeting here to attend on that end. Now that is almost like gone. There's an impossibility to get there in time. There might have been some family waiting for him. There might have been some family function here to attend. Maybe that's all going to be over before he gets there. And what not might have been running through his mind, his whole uh, peace of mind, everything just disappeared and fizzled out. So this, said, this gave me a big lesson. And this is the aspect of the pious people, of the Ahlullah. Nothing is just let to pass. There's a lesson taken from things. And these lessons get taken when a person keeps his mind engaged positively and he wants to take lessons from things, he wants to get closer to Allah Ta'ala in, at every step. So then, وَفِي كُلِّ شَيْءٍ لَهُ آيَةٌ تَدُلُّ عَلَىٰ أَنَّهُ وَاحِدٌ As one poet says, that in everything he sees a sign of the oneness of Allah Ta'ala. In that flower, he sees a sign of the oneness. Only one Allah can create this. In that drop of water, he sees the, he recognizes Allah Ta'ala. In that ray of the sun, he recognizes the creator of the sun. In everything, he sees the reflection of the Qudrat of Allah Ta'ala. So this is the person who's kept his heart and mind engaged in this manner. Then even the most insignificant thing 
takes his mind in a positive direction and helps him to extract some lesson which will take him closer to Allah Ta'ala. And if the person's heart and mind has been kept occupied in all kinds of wrong things, keeping his heart and mind occupied in haram thoughts, then even the most unrelated thing, something totally unrelated to, will trigger his mind off in a, another tangent. Something totally unrelated, and it will take his mind off in a haram direction. Because that mind was kept occupied in those kind of things. Person's eyes were kept occupied in that. That eyes now impacts on the heart. Now the heart keeps thinking in those directions. So now the person is in sajda also and his mind in somewhere else. He is reciting Quran Sharif and his mind is gone somewhere else. So this is a lesson now that to keep that heart and mind occupied positively. So any case, I say this gave me a big lesson. This incident gave me a big lesson. The lesson is that when a person is in the right direction, then when he is in the right direction, then he is calm. There are challenges also sometimes, while he is going in the right direction. Now the person travelling in that train, but he knows where he is going. If he is going to Johannesburg, he is in the train that is going to Johannesburg. So now there is still a couple of hours to get there, but he is content, he knows now fine, soon I will be home just now. The food that he has might be gone cold. It's not even really appetizing anymore. But it doesn't matter. Just now I'll be home. So he's quite comfortable. There's a challenge in some things, but he's still content. That seat might not be very comfortable. Fine, we get there just now. He's not restless. He might be in a little bit of discomfort. But he's not restless. Life will carry on. He's knowing that he's going to reach his destination soon. Because he's in the right direction, he's calm. But if he now knows that he's going in the wrong direction, he's away, what I'm doing is wrong. I'm heading in the wrong direction. Then the heart will be restless. Now you can bring the best food, he'll eat, but the heart is still in turmoil. He's worried about the time I'm going to get there, and how I'm going to now catch another train, and go in the opposite direction, what time I'll get to the opposite direction, what if that conductor or somebody comes now to collect, that ticket collector comes to check my ticket up, he'll say, you don't even belong on this train. He might just arrest me just now. We all finish off. As a result of all these things, he might be sitting in a first class coach, but he can't fall asleep too. That first class coach has got all the amenities and all the luxuries, but nothing is of any enjoyment to him. Why? Because he's in the wrong direction. So the right direction, a person automatically starts feeling comfortable. Despite the challenges, his heart is at ease. Now this is a lesson, Allah bi zikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. That with the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, to the hearts get this peace. It's only in this remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. Now what is this remembrance? Remembrance is doing what Allah Ta'ala wants from us in that particular time. In every given moment, what Allah Ta'ala wants from us in that moment, to be conscious of Allah Ta'ala and fulfill that. That is the essence of this remembrance. It is Salah time, and now the person proceeds to perform that Salah. The Muazzin has called out, Hayya ala Salah, Hayya ala Falah. So he doesn't hesitate, and he doesn't keep himself still occupied in other things. He is now proceeding towards the Masjid, 
that is now he's in zikr at that time, even if at that time he wasn't engaged in any verbal zikr, he wasn't reciting anything. But that preparation of his, for the salah, his movement towards the masjid is all zikr. His fulfilling the zakat in its time, that is the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. And likewise, his refraining from his sin, not giving in to a temptation, that is a very great zikr. He's being tempted to look in some direction, to look at haram, to cast some lustful glance, to switch his phone on in some haram way, to go on some haram sites. So now this is, shaitan is trying to drag him in some direction. He is suppressing that nafs. And he is refusing to give in. He is in a very great state of zikr. When he is refusing to give in and to submit to that demand of the nafs, because Allah Ta'ala is watching. And Allah Ta'ala is aware. So he's not going to do this. This is a very, very high level of zikr. And the person who is reciting that tasbih is also in zikr. That zikr that is required verbally, that is also a very important part of it. But this is the essence of all the zikr. So a person now who is living his life in this manner, his salah is taken care of, his zakat is being taken care of, his muamalat and his dealings is doing correctly, consciously, in the way that shariat has commanded. He is not doing anybody down in any way, not cheating anybody, he is not trampling anybody's rights, he is fulfilling all the rights of people, the rights of his parents, the rights of his wife, the rights of his children, the rights of his neighbors. He is not trampling anybody's rights, not causing taklif to anybody. And he is suppressing those haram desires that come in the nafs, that come in his heart and mind. He is not giving in to those temptations. So in all this, there is an effort. But that effort is taking him in the direction that he is supposed to go. He is on the, in the, right, on the right train. And as he gets closer to that destination, he will become more and more content. Because he is getting closer to the destination. Our destination is Jannat. That is the way Allah Ta'ala's special favor and pleasure is going to be showered upon his servants. So that is the home. Now the person who is in this, in this path of life, he is getting closer to home all the time in the right direction. So he will automatically become more content. You look in the lives of the Ahlullah, they were perhaps any one of them who didn't go through some major challenges in life. Whether it was somebody physically, the, if you look into the lives of all our kabir of the recent past, Hazrat Shaykh al-Hadith Mawazakariya sahab rahmatullahi in his last Ramadan of his life, he spent in Stanger. So the person that people saw, South Africans saw him for the first time, except the few that might have gone and seen him elsewhere, person was paralyzed waist down. Paralyzed waist down, to no movement, two people have to carry him from one on either side to just seat him anywhere, whatever it is. And apart from that, all other kinds of complications, illnesses, etc. But let alone what peace he had, people who came and sat there, they said, me sitting there brought peace in them. Now where did this peace come from? 
that heart like a person sitting close to a air conditioner. So now that air conditioner is quietly doing his job, but he's feeling the coolness. So likewise, these people had that air conditioner of peace in their hearts. Forget themselves enjoying the peace alone. Those who sat around them enjoyed the peace. Oh, Shaykh Hazrat Shah Hakim Akhtar Rahmatullahi there were many, many instances, people who were in an advanced stage of, well, clinical depression or whatever it was called. person stopped speaking for a couple of months. He wasn't even speaking one word. Anybody asked him anything, fine, healthy, fit person suddenly started going into some other situation. And anybody asked him anything, he was talking in sign language. He was just making head indications, not even uttering one word. And they were going from this doctor to that specialist to all kinds of things and somehow somebody then decided look I'm going let him come along parents very hesitantly sent him along and the first day he started smiling the first day in 24 hours that he was there within 24 hours after months the relative that was with him saw him smiling for the first time by the second day he was making salam audibly and whatever and by the third or fourth day it was like 60-70% had already come right. And nobody gave him anything to eat. Nobody did anything for him. Meaning anything special. Anything separate. He was just there in a company where this a condition of Iman was generating. And this peace was being generated. And just merely in that environment with the heart open. Because now if a person is sitting here in this air conditioned room but he's got big big jackets over his whole head and everything. So now he's going to feel just as hot. So likewise his heart has to be open. So now with that open heart, then that person sitting in that company also took that peace. So this is that prescription that Allah Ta'ala is giving us. That Allah bi dhikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. That this is the only way forward. So now when a person, he is in this type of situation that he is now going in the right direction, he is making an effort to keep himself in the amal that Allah Ta'ala has commanded, staying away from things that have been forbidden, staying away from things that will take him away from Allah Ta'ala, then automatically this has an impact on his heart and he becomes content. If it is ibadat, he is doing the right things, he will be content. If it is mu'amalat and he is sacrificing, he is sacrificing a deal because the elements of haram are in it. Outwardly it seems like he is losing something. But the deal is done, the person is gone, I mean the deal was not taken, the deal was refused, that person is gone, for that moment he, shaitan put some waswasa in his mind, you lost out. But after a few minutes, if not a few hours, there will be such a relief in his heart, which that deal could never have given him a fraction of it. There will be such a contentment in his heart, which if he had Ten times those kind of haram deals, it wouldn't give him one fraction of that contentment. This is the repeated experience of people. Likewise in his akhlaq, that akhlaq in order to do what is right, to be good to people around him, to forgive, to overlook, at that moment it might seem that he is now just suppressing himself and he is being the underdog and he is always being taken advantage of. But then Allah Ta'ala fills that heart with such peace and such joy. For that moment, insan is insan. He feels a little bit, whatever the emotions are and so on. 
Well, let the time pass and see what strength it brings to the heart. How it livens the heart up. This is that peace that comes from the side of Allah. This itminan, this is not something that can be bought on any shelf. It doesn't have a price tag. There is no price tag for it. The price of this is only what Allah Ta'ala has mentioned. Allah bi dhikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. So for this itminan, we have to, it's already spelled out for us. Allah Ta'ala gave it to us clearly in the Quran Sharif. Every person is chasing after this itminan. We are all trying to get this. But it's only available where Allah Ta'ala has kept it. Person puts himself forward to receive it, he gets it. So whether in any aspect of life, whether it is his ibadat, his mu'amalat, his mu'asharat, his akhlaq, and this is something we keep talking about, because unfortunately we generally, we take something, leave something, and still feel what was happening. That fish, the fish will only be a fish in water, meaning at peace, when it is 100% in water. If that fish has got enough water to keep his body in, but his tail is sticking out, you'll still call it a fish out of water. Because it will still be restless. But that when that fish is submerged, now it's a fish in water. So likewise, when a person is in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, he's submerged, meaning in the obedience, total obedience of Allah Ta'ala. I will get totally itbinan. And he's half there and half out, then accordingly. But now a person, when his whole body is well, but the toe is paining, it somehow just has an effect of making the rest of the body restless also. So therefore, the whole body must be in peace. Then he'll be in peace. So likewise, the whole person is in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Then he'll get this kamil itminan, total itminan. Allah Ta'ala give us this part of the process of getting this itminan. One is obviously the total obedience of Allah Ta'ala. But then in the Quran Sharif, one is the dhikr, meaning the verbal dhikr. Several places, the Quran Sharif, it's the verbal dhikr on the word on which the word dhikr has been used. In one meaning it's obedience, total obedience. But many, many places, dhikran kathira, which means now the person wants that dhikr, this is the process together with that obedience. That his tongue is also engaged in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. He is making tas- his tasbihat regularly, his durud sharif, his tikhtar, his taking the name of Allah Ta'ala. Then, in the Quran Sharif, the word zikr has come with regards to the Quran Sharif itself. Inna nahnu nazzalna zikr wa inna lahu lahafidhun. In this ayat, the word zikr refers to the Quran Sharif. So in the first ayat, Allah Ta'ala says, Bizikrillahi tatma'innul qulub. It's all these zikr. The obedience of Allah Ta'ala, taking the name of Allah Ta'ala verbally, the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala in the heart. The recitation of the kalam of Allah Ta'ala, the Qur'an Sharif. Insan is insan, he'll feel emotion, there'll be grief, there'll be various other kinds of sometimes emotions that come through him. But the mashayikh say, we, don't, we haven't found something more soothing and a greater balm for the heart than the Qur'an Sharif. That no matter what the situation can sometimes become, but a person opens the kalam of Allah Ta'ala and starts reciting the Qur'an Sharif, and that becomes like such a balm on the heart, that is as if like on some wound a person put a balm which just instantly just drew out the pain. So we haven't found something more effective and a greater balm for the heart than the Quran Sharif. So all this is part of the zikr. 
and a very important part of the dhikr. Unfortunately, the Quran Sharif, there's no time for us. We've got time for social media, we've got time for all kinds of things, time for the newspapers, and time for what not. But time for Quran Sharif, no time. Time for the dhikr of Allah Ta'ala, no time. You've got time for zikr of everything else. But zikr of Allah Ta'ala, that somehow that whole 24 hours of the day, there just isn't any moment, there's not even 5 minutes to spare somewhere for the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. There isn't 5-10 minutes to spare for the tilawat of the Quran Sharif. But there's ample time for everything else. And this is something which not 1, not 2, not 10, we lost count how many people, they say that ever since I've just cut out all the social media and everything, I found time for everything else. I found time for my tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, I found time for zikr, I found time for dua, I found time for talim in the home, I found time for my family. And I had time for nobody. I had time for nothing also. So, this is the thing to now come back to. And this is what will bring that itminan, bring that peace in our houses, in our homes, in our families, bring that peace in our own hearts. And that peace will be our life in dunya an example of jannat despite whatever dunya is dunya is dunya but in the midst of all that that heart will still be with allah ta'ala allah ta'ala give us the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin